Hello and welcome to episode 19 of the Community Trail Running Podcast. They still haven't kicked us off the internet. I'm your host, Adam Lee. Thank you for joining me once again. There are so many podcasts out there and I so appreciate you spending a little bit of your time with me. Today's episode marks four straight weeks coming at you. Pretty happy with that. We haven't had any written articles because all of our guests have been so great, including today's guest, who is Sophie Power. She's chatting about she races. UTMB over the weekend seemed like a huge hit. I watched along online as thousands of others were also doing. Sophie talks about how few women are actually able to enter that race and other races like it. And that's one of the drivers for why she started She Races. She Races is all about driving change to support female athletes. And Sophie was awesome. Can't wait to share that interview with you. Before that, quick little bit of housekeeping. I'm taking submissions for a few more days for your favorite races from the past couple of months. I'll put those all together, everything that you shared with me, so we can all check them out and maybe add to our own race calendars. But today is about She Races. It's about Sophie Power. Let's go. Today's guest is Sophie Power from Surrey, UK. Sophie is an ultra runner and founder of She Races. Sophie had a rather famous photo of herself taken while breastfeeding her child at an aid station while running a 100 miler. And since then, she's worked hard to empower other women who run as she believes having a child shouldn't mean giving up on dreams. And She Races helps racing events ensure that women are thought of from the get-go. Sophie, thanks for taking the time today. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I have a very easy first question for you. Tell us about She Races and how you work with races and race directors. Sure. So She Races is, is a new um, organization, I guess, that um, we're all about trying to readdress the start line. So women women make up about half of runners, um, actually over half, I think, in, in the last data. Um, yeah, on start lines of events, especially trail events, we're underrepresented and that go as long as the event and the less women you see on the start line and an UTMB kind of the most famous event um, in trail running potentially was less than 8% of women on the start line last year, even where we're, our finish rates are brilliant and we're completely capable of getting around. So I wanted to understand why women aren't on these start lines and see how I could work with race directors to get more women on the start line give us a better experience when we're racing um, and also really start respecting our competition um, as one that's separate from the male competition and making sure that the female winner is, is equally valued as a male winner. How has it been going as far as uh, races coming on board and, and how you've been received? It's been, it's been incredible. So we put a survey out to, um, it's still open on our website, but we've had about 2,000 responses from women just telling us all about races um and 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 nothing will really shock anyone kind of um of the problems that we faced um and the experience we have and it's the the unisex t-shirts and it's the toilet provision and it's the bad imagery um and so many race directors um have come on board and and to come on board basically means kind of reading kind of our suggestions and then signing up to a kind of a basic agreement that you're going to try and think about female athletes um, and then we feature you and then kind of we work with you to um, get more women to the race so 
race directors have been almost overwhelmingly uh, positive about it because we show that you know almost 90% of women are more likely to sign up to a race that that says they're going to consider us um, equally to men. So um, races are a business, right? You know, mm-hmm. they race directors want more people in the start line. Women want to race with more women. So it's been fantastic so far. And it's it's been a struggle to get to so many races and get them on board. And kind of we're hoping to get some funding now to really start kind of pushing it and getting to more races, really working with them and, and really trying to change um, how many women are, are in trail running because it's uh, trail racing, but, but also kind of the road race. So this is trail running. We also look at kind of the big marathons and um, we had a really successful campaign against London Marathon and their pregnancy policies. So there's change happening and we're really excited about the future. That's fantastic to be able to have an impact at such a large event like the London Marathon um, and then to be able to kind of like pass that along to the the other races as well. Do you feel, I know it's been receptive, do you think that um, you're kind of working your way up to those bigger events? It sounds like it. I think so. I think the the big event's going to set the the standard for the smaller events. So kind of London Marathon um, now has a pregnancy deferral for if you get your good for age time, for example. Um, then you can defer that entry if you're pregnant, which is as it should be. UTMB, which was the race where I missed out in 2014 because I was pregnant. And the reason I ran in 2018 with a three-month-old baby is because they wouldn't defer my place because mm-hmm. I was newly postpartum. They now, um, only just kind of really this month, have now accepted kind of women to defer for pregnancy. So the big events are there. And I guess kind of since she races, launched i've had so many messages from from people based over in the u.s about the fact that the major marathons do not have the same deferral and mm. um women are missing out on their opportunity for their dream races that they've, they've been in these ballots they've qualified for just because they're having babies so for me you know the next steps are how do we talk to kind of new york boston chicago kind of tokyo berlin and and have these world leading races really respect female athletes at the same way they do male. You might have sort of segued into my next question there, because you had mentioned that you're hoping to maybe get some funding and keep going hard at that. Um, do, is that sort of what that means then that allows you to kind of reach out and be more proactive with it? Definitely. I mean, but at the moment, it's very much kind of, um, I'm a mom of three, I'm working, I'm training I'm, I'm on the gb ultra running team so i'm trying to train and be mom and work and and everything else and i've had some brilliant kind of volunteers helping me but really we need to get more strategic and we need the resource to to kind of have kind of a legal team and a research team and really work out how we're going to drive these this change and um even kind of having kind of the website fees and things like that it's getting pretty expensive but it's it's something i'm so passionate about and it's something that's so important. And I think if you're someone who's been impacted by it, if you're someone who's had a negative race experience or had lost out on a race for pregnancy, the messages I get in from women about how that opportunity has, has really affected them. And when they do have that, um, the, the, the importance to their, their mental health, their physical health, um, I know it's something that we really need to keep going with. You must be able to um, like look at these events and, and know that there are people you're helping and, and be able to take pride in that kind of thing. I'm wondering along the way, has there been 
um, like a, a, a lesson or anything sort of stand out in your mind as far as since you've started She Races? Oh, wow. Um, I think reading the comments on the survey um, was, I mean, I, I cried at a lot of them. Um, the barriers that some women are facing in races and especially women who kind of don't have the confidence to be on that start line um, where they have really negative experiences where they just haven't felt confident to enter races and I think I remember back to when I was a kid at school and I was second last in the mile and I labeled myself not a runner and it took me until I was 26 and I accidentally signed up for the marathon de Saab, um, never having run more than a mile and had to keep running and I know how much running has changed my life and brought me so much strength through the whole of my life. And I look at these these women and I want to get more women on start lines because racing is more than running. Um, racing gives us the the opportunity to push our boundaries, to learn about ourselves, to, to give us these moments of pride throughout our lives. And when kind of people say, but but you don't have to race. You don't have to race. These women that they don't belong, they, they don't have to do our races. And I know how much racing can change people's lives. And and that's what I've realized with, with reading these responses and knowing that there are barriers there. And we take down those barriers for women and we can change lives by doing so. That's incredibly powerful with the craziness of, of the success of it. Has it slowed your personal running down at all? <laughs> so I have, so I have the, um, I'm on the GB 24 hour running team. So I have the European championships in three weeks and it has been a juggle to fit the training in to kind of, mom as well as I want to to my three kids they're only kind of one four and seven um and there's been a lot of late nights um which is not great for recovery <laughs> um but I I in on the on the flip side I know that when I'm running and when I'm going to perform I have this in my head that you know I'm I'm a 40 year old mum of three and I'm on the GB team having not run at school and having been the non-athlete and I know how much that inspires other women and in going into kind of gaining that confidence because so many of us just didn't like sport at school and work, didn't feel we were good at sport and, and now I've turned that around so yes it's a massive juggle yes I, I don't remember the last time I watched TV or had any free time but I know how important it is and um, yeah we'll get the other side of what well, I'll get into taper and I'll have loads of time. So, um, yeah, I'm, I've got another two weeks of tough training and then I am looking forward to tapering. Oh, my goodness. I'm looking forward to you tapering as well after hearing <laughs> all of that. My goodness. You have to tell me about how you accidentally signed up for a marathon. Well, it wasn't a marathon. It was a marathon to sub. So that's the 250 kilometer race across the Sahara oh, Desert. Forgive me. Okay, so how did you accidentally sign up for the marathon to sub? <laughs> So I was, in, I was in a really bad place. I'd been made redundant from a role in finance. I didn't know what to do. And my friend had just completed it. Um, and when I was at university, I was um, training as a, a, a trainee pilot navigator in the Royal Air Force. And um, we'd done this thing called the Nijmega Marches, which is this four-day march, 25 miles a day. And my friend did it with me. And he said to me, you know, I know you're not a runner, 
but mentally you're really tough and you're really a hiker. And he goes, no one runs this. Like you just get a pack on and you go walking for six, seven days. And sometimes you just have this opportunity and I'm very much a case of, if it sounds crazy, just say yes. You never know what's going to happen, but you've just got to say yes. So with nine months to train, I just blindly signed up. Then I kind of looked at what it was and thought, <laughs> it's going to be like, I'm not good at American temperature, like Fahrenheit temperature in the UK, like 47 degrees, I think, 45, 50 degrees in the desert. And I'm like, I do not want to be out all day in that. So the next day I went for a run. And nine months later, I'm on the start line and ended up doing a lot better than I thought. And I guess my ultra running journey kind of escalated from there. Well, that's a pretty cool origin story. I'm so glad that you said yes to this interview. Thank you so much. <laughs> Tell us how people can get involved with She Races. Check it out and follow you along, Sophie, as you work towards the crazy goal in three weeks. <laughs> Thanks. So, so um, I mean, I'm on Instagram at ultra underscore Sophie, but um, the She Races Instagram is at she.races and www.sheraces.com. Um, I'd love all runners to have a look at the guidelines. Um, we have on our website for how races can be more kind of female friendly, female welcoming, um, and think about the races that they're doing um, and the races can, that, that, that they're signed up to or they're, they're looking at. And if there's somewhere the organizers kind of maybe haven't thought of, um, get in touch with the organizers. If their imagery is all kind of white men, like lean white men on the start line, suggests maybe that they could look at a more diversity to, to attract other people because we want to see ourselves that to, to feel welcome. So have a look and really just get in touch with race organizers. I think a lot of she races, I, I was reaching out to so many races and I, I can't do it myself. We need to empower um, runners to have the confidence that what is right for races and and to ask themselves and genuinely it's it's race directors haven't thought of it um and they're really welcoming to to this kind of positive feedback so um yeah how you can help us out and please share with us any kind of positive stories you had like we love to hear kind of how change has happened and how people have been able to benefit you know, other female athletes coming after them Amazing. Huge thank you to you, Sophie Power. Huge thank you to everyone listening. Shout out to race volunteers everywhere. And until next time, I'm Adam Lee, and this is Community Trail Running. Uh -huh.